Hi, this is Dr. Meg Hayworth, holistic psychologist and nutrition strategist, and you're listening to Get Well Soon podcast series, the show that explores how to heal yourself with food and the power of the mind. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Meg Hayworth here, founder of the Get Well Now Wellness Coaching Program, celebrity chef, author, and speaker, helping women who were abused as children and now have a chronic illness to get well with with nutrition, mindset, and inner transformation. So thank you so much for listening to the show. And please take a moment to leave a comment here on iTunes about our show. And also, please share this show with as many people as you think may benefit, because we have a really, really exciting conversation today that I am very, very happy to have um, on uh, something that's really near and dear to all of us, our beautiful brilliant brains. So um, Dr. Stephen Masley is a physician, nutritionist, a trained chef, an author, and the creator of the number one all-time health program for public television, 30 Days to a Younger Heart. He helps motivated people tune up their brain, heart, and sexual performance. Dr. Masley is a fellow with three prestigious organizations, the American Heart Association, the American College of Nutrition, and the American Academy of Family Physicians, and he's a clinical associate professor at the University of South Florida. His research focuses on the impact of lifestyle choices on heart health, brain function, and aging. So Dr. Masley's passion is empowering people to achieve optimal health through comprehensive assessments and lifestyle changes. As a best-selling author, he has published several books, 10 Years Younger, The 30-Day Heart Tune-Up, Smart Fat, and his latest book, The Better Brain Solution, plus numerous scientific articles. His work has been viewed by millions on PBS, The Discovery Channel, the Today Show and over 500 media interviews. He continues to see patients and publish research from his medical clinic in St. Petersburg, Florida, which he offers on weekly blogs and on his website. Welcome to the show, Dr. Masley. Hey, I'm really happy to be with you. Yeah, um, I think uh, what you're doing is a really exciting topic. I mean, we're talking about the brain, and uh, it's something that we... Uh, we all have our brain health in this country is horrible <laughs> as you've outlined in your book which I've had the the opportunity to read it's a fantastic book so what led you to create this program and write this book the better brain solution well in my clinic we measure over a hundred aspects of aging and we look at uh, like your brain function, how, your brain processing speed, your memory. We look at artery plaque growth, and we compare that with things like uh, your nutrition, your, your fitness, your nutrient intake, your stress management, and toxin exposure. And we've been actually able to pull up and publish data that shows which lifestyle factors predict your brain function. And we've wow. also been able to do randomized studies and try a five-step program from this data. We've showed the <laughs> average person can improve their brain function by 25 to 30%. So that was really wow. the impetus for what led me to write the book. That's really significant improve, uh, improval that uh, can be had there. You know, um, one, one of the things that you talked about um, in your Better Brain 
solution is um, insulin resistance, how it literally stops you from using your brain. Think of the brain as a motor requiring fuel. With insulin resistance, it's almost as if someone has put dirt in the gas and the brain cell energy burning motor won't work. So this is a big part of your 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 research and information that you present. So what is insulin resistance and how does one develop it and what are the health implications? Well, you actually described that pretty well. I mean, so insulin's the hormone that okay. tells the cells to store energy. And if we were to eat well, it would never be an issue. So if we you know, ate like green leafy veggies and beets and um, you know, fruit like berries and clean protein and we were active, we'd never mm-hmm. have an issue. But what if you eat too many refined carbs and you're not super active? What mm-hmm. happens is your cells eventually fill up with energy that they've stored and they can't store anymore. And when they reach the point of the cell is full and insulin keeps saying store more, they become insulin resistant. Mm -hmm. Now, in brain cells, you said it perfectly. As Mm -hmm. blood sugar increases in the brain cell, at some point, it shuts off the brain cell machinery from able to burn glucose as energy. So that seems like a crazy set up but think about it for a hundred thousand years we never had this problem where we had too many refined carbs but we do now mm-hmm. so you know we were designed in the idea that we were going to have this wonderful lifestyle that a lot of people don't live anymore so mm-hmm. when you do have too many refined carbs and you do become insulin resistant your brain cells so for example if i was to do a pet scan on you and you're eating well and active i would expect your brain to light up like a christmas tree that you would see <laughs> all this activity when you're uh-huh. doing problem solving. But if you look at someone's brain who's got insulin resistance, you don't see much. It's literally like that engine can't fire. So insulin resistance, eating too many refined carbs, can literally turn off your brain. And it's not ah. just that you get brain fog. You know, So yes, you could mm-hmm. walk into a room and forget why you're there or forget somebody's name more easily or have trouble remembering phone numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd be more forgetful and less focused and less productive. But if that persists, then your brain cells start to die. And literally, your brain starts to shrink. And this is what's accelerating Alzheimer's. So, Mm -hmm. and this is really common. 50% of all baby boomers and 30% of adults are insulin resistant, making them high risk for memory loss. And that's part of, this is a big part of the reason that Alzheimer's disease is going to double in just Mm -hmm. the next 12 to 15 years. I mean, it's the already what the most common disease today, and it's going to double. That's catastrophic. That is catastrophic. Now, insulin resistance too. I mean, that I, I know there's a connection to diabetes there too, but not everybody with Alzheimer's has diabetes, and vice versa. So, what's the difference there? Well, good point. So, insulin resistance is really an earlier stage before you become diabetic. But many people okay. who have insulin resistance will either get memory loss. Alzheimer's disease, they'll have a heart attack or stroke, they'll get cancer. So, I mean, mm. I, I have patients, and you might have had this too, I have people that say, well, thank goodness I don't have diabetes, I only have pre-diabetes, but actually a lot more mm. people die of pre-diabetes than diabetes. So, wow. Just because okay. it's so far so more common. So, oh, yes, okay. if you have diabetes, it increases your risk for memory loss by 300%. If you actually wow. use insulin, it increases your risk for Alzheimer's disease by 400%. Wow. 
But just wow. having, you know, pre-diabetes, insulin resistance increases your risk a great deal. And it's probably mm-hmm. the number one cause for memory, accelerated memory loss today. And it's mm-hmm. something that's completely preventable. Well, let's talk about some of the foods that are causing insulin resistance so that people can start to make that connection between, hey, you know, I'm forgetting my keys a lot. I'm forgetting names. I'm, for, you know, um, forgetting what I went to, into the room to get. Um, and so can we just talk about what, what those foods are? Well, there's definitely foods that help um, your brain. They slow decline and they improve your brain function. And as I mm-hmm. said, you know, we've seen people improve their brain processing speed 25 to 30%, which is really a lot. So one are pigmented foods, things like green leafy vegetables, blueberries, cherries, beets. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those are super good for our brain. Other pigmented foods like dark chocolate or green tea are also good for our brain. But mm-hmm. um, we also need smart fat for our brain. So those are things mm-hmm. like... Um, extra virgin olive oil and nuts and avocado and avocado oil. <laughs> All of those have been, when they did in Europe, they did this big Mediterranean diet study and they compared people who had mild, you know, early signs of cognitive decline and they randomized <laughs> them to a low fat diet or a Mediterranean diet with extra olive oil or extra nuts. And <laughs> if you gave them extra virgin olive oil, or nuts, they actually had an improvement in their brain scores, their brain got better, and they had mm-hmm. less decline. And those on the low-fat diet accelerated the decline. So I uh, think okay. it's pretty definitive. We're not suggesting people go on a low-fat diet for their brains anymore. That should be done. No. Um, yeah. There are bad and fats we want to avoid, but um, we, mm-hmm. there's also good fats we need to add to support our brain. Now, can you talk a little bit about the bad fats. I think so many people have it in their their heads now that fat is bad, period, end of sentence. And that's how we get fat. But we now know that's not the truth. So can you tell us what some of those bad fats are? Well, definitely a bad fat would be like hydrogenated trans fat. I think of them as embalming mm-hmm. fluid. These are really oh, wow. chemically altered oils that are harmful. They cause insulin resistance and they cause cancer and they worsen our cholesterol profile. So, mm. you know, those are things you get in like processed food or out of fryers, which should be completely prevented. And I mean, some mm-hmm. cities now in the U.S., they're illegal, but um, there's still a lot of them out there. So yeah. something to be aware of. The other challenge mm-hmm. is, you know, that comes from animal protein. If people eat animal protein and they were fed on a feedlot, um, mm-hmm. food with pesticides and Roundup and given five or six hormones a day, those those are kind of toxic fats. So we wow, really have yeah. to get into eating more clean protein to avoid pesticides that increase the risk for memory loss by over 300%. And the number wow. one source of pesticide isn't fruit and vegetables, it's animal protein. So, wow, now that's an important thing for, for listeners to know. It's animal protein that holds more of the toxins than the plants. That's it. From the pesticides. Okay. Very important. So fats that I would avoid. And it's not really that they're bad. Mm -hmm. You know, there's this balance between omega three and omega six and omega six helps us have an inflation inflammation and fight infections and omega threes are calming and we really want a balance of both. Mm -hmm. The problem is We'd like it like a one-to-one ratio of both, even one-to-four, one part omega-3 to four parts omega-6 isn't that bad. But the Mm -hmm. average American is getting like 20 times more omega-6 than omega-3, and they tend to be really inflamed. So for most people 
who are getting way too many omega-6s, getting more is a bad thing. That's like peanut oil and soy oil. So, I mean, if you ate enough wild salmon and sardines or took a fish oil supplement, it'd yeah. be less of an issue. But a lot of people aren't getting adequate omega-3. And when they add more of these grain oils, they call it vegetable oil, uh -huh. um, it increases their inflammation and that causes a long list of major problems. Yeah, and isn't there, um, many of them, aren't they processed with uh, industrial solvents, exactly. the, those oils, yeah, that also can yeah, so create really more inflammation in the body? Yeah, like olive oil mm -hmm. or avocado is my favorite cooking oil because it tolerates high heat. You, know, oh, okay. you can use like sesame oil or coconut oil at low heat. They do not tolerate high heat. So mm -hmm. an extra virgin olive oil I tend to use more on salads and things like that. So, I mean, my oh, favorite yeah. high heat cooking oils would be avocado oil, maybe almond oil, macadamia nut oil. Those would be my preferred, <coughs> excuse me, preferred sources. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Now, back to insulin resistance. What are some of the signs and how can somebody determine if they have insulin resistance? Well, brain fog would be like an important one. If you have okay. a brain fog, you know, like you're having trouble with names or numbers or why you're in a room or where are my glasses or <laughs> I need a passage and you have to reread it because you forgot what you'd read. Well, <laughs> if that seldom happened, you know, like less than once a month, I don't think it's that big an issue. But if uh -huh. you start having that daily or several times a week, you know, uh -huh. that's a sign you're having brain cell dysfunction. <laughs> and that could progress to brain cell shrinkage, and you don't want a shrunken brain. I mean, that's just not good. But no. <laughs> apart from the brain, there's systemic signs. So number one is your waistline's expanding. If you notice your waistline's going up, that means you're becoming insulin resistant. Because <laughs> that. that's where you deposit the, the, uh, the fat as a result of insulin resistance. Yeah, is that insulin why? insulin resistance, we put fat on our waist, like we get okay. that beer belly or a tire mm -hmm. around our waist. Instead yeah. of having, you know, people who have skinny arms and legs and a big tummy, they're insulin resistant. They get all Got that it. visceral fat versus mm -hmm. a sumo wrestler that exercises five, six hours a day, eats really healthy, but eats a lot. I mean, mm -hmm. they have fat everywhere. They have fat, you know, legs oh. and fat arms uh -huh. and they're fat. But they're right. also, they don't have insulin resistance and on the inside, they're not growing plaque and their brains are okay. So it's not, okay. the, it's not so much how much we weigh, it's what kind of fat are we making and are we insulin resistant or not? Okay, great. All right. So one of the things that you say in your book is that by 2050, the total cost of care for Alzheimer's disease is expected to exceed $1.5 trillion per year. Shocking. It's shocking. And you said this disease has the potential to bankrupt our healthcare system and our government if we do not do more to prevent it. So what are the five steps to the Better Brain Solution Program? And why is each one so important? Well, they work together. So they're important because if you only do one, you may only get a small benefit. And you're not going to make a oh, big okay. difference. So right. several studies have now shown that doing multiple interventions at once, not only do you get much better results, but here's the shocking thing. In the past, we always said if you ask people to do several things at once, they won't be able to do it. They'll have poor compliance. Now <laughs> we realize the opposite is true. If you ask them to do several things at once, like the five steps, they uh -huh. feel dramatically better. They have so much more energy that it's much easier to stick mm -hmm. with it. And they actually have we, – so we've noticed that we have counterintuitively – we have more compliance when you ask them to do all five steps at once than if you only do one step at a time. 
Okay. So the five steps are one food, and we just talked about some of those. Mm -hmm. So in mm -hmm. particular, adding these, you know, plant pigments, smart mm -hmm. fats, clean protein, spices and herbs, um, a probiotic <laughs> for your gut, and avoiding mm -hmm. sugar like flour and sugar. I mean, those are the okay. main, that's the main food plan. <laughs> yes, the whites. <laughs> yeah, and then how do you make it taste fantastic? That's, you know, that's, I'm a yeah. physician, nutrition, and chef. So my uh -huh. goal is really make these foods by the right oils and right spices and herbs taste mm. wonderful. Okay, um, and, and by the way, there are recipes in your book too. Yeah, so. there are 50 recipes that I'm really happy about. I worked really hard on them and I'm excited about them. And we've tested them actually on multi-generations, kids, adults, grandparents. <laughs> um, yeah, this, these, are, these are meals that are designed for the whole family. And yeah, then two is great. nutrients. There's specific okay. nutrients we need that you most people aren't going to necessarily get from food, like mm -hmm. vitamin D or B12. And um, it's essential to meet those or we risk injuring our brain. Number three is fitness and activity. That mm -hmm. In our study from our clinic, one of the most powerful things that improved brain function was activity. And it's both aerobic and strength both are independently good for your brain, not just one or the other. Okay. We, stress management, no surprise probably to you that yeah. <laughs> if you're totally stressed out and your cortisol levels are high and yeah. you don't manage your stress, that you literally shrink your brain, especially the memory center. Mm. And the fifth That's step not... is toxin avoidance. There's some specific toxins, like I mentioned pesticides would be one of them, that are yep. really bad for your brain and increase your risk for memory loss. And so what easy steps could someone take to help avoid those toxins? Those are the five steps that if you... Put them mm -hmm. together, you have a, you know, you prevent memory loss and heart disease, and you can see a really dramatic improvement in brain function. So you're sharper, quicker, and more productive. That's wonderful. And I, I think, you know, most of the people I talk to want all of those things, um, you know, and to be focused. And it also affects your mood, you know, to, to eat the, these types of foods that are good fats, good vegetables, um, well, Free that's a really the good point you're making because if you don't mm -hmm. do this, you're much more likely to get depressed. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. to me, depression is depressed brain chemical, chemical activity. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. people who are depressed are three to 400% more likely to get Alzheimer's disease. Wow. And it makes sense because think about it. If you, you have depressed brain function because you don't meet the needs of your brain cells... Mm -hmm. Well, how is that surprising that they they become dysfunctional and they die and then your brain shrinks and you get memory loss? So, I mean, it kind of makes sense. So, and I've mm -hmm. actually used this a lot for people with depression in my clinic. When, uh -huh. you know, in the past, I would guess 10, 15 years ago, if someone came in depressed, I put them on drugs. And I yep. was kind of disappointed at how well those medicines worked. Mm. Now, I'm much more likely to give them my Better Brain program and say, try adding activity, healthy foods, nutrients, manage your stress, avoid toxins. And I would say the vast majority of time within four to six weeks, the depression's gone if they follow it. Yep, absolutely. I've seen that with clients too. I mean, just it's, it's you know, f food is, it, it nourishes your entire body, including your brain. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I think a lot of people don't think of it. They just think, you know, it's the stomach and the digestive system, but it's, you know, it's, it's all, all over. So um, now we're both chefs. So um, I love to geek out on recipes. So can you tell us a little bit about some of the recipes that you have in the Better Brain Solution? 
So, like for breakfast, well, it kind uh-huh. of depends. If I'm my yeah. typical day, I want to be out the house and have breakfast in two minutes. Yeah. So for a two minute breakfast, I'm usually looking at like a smoothie. You mm-hmm. know, I put in my protein powder, maybe a little greens, bunch mm-hmm. of cherries or blueberries, pour in almond milk, push blend, and I'm in a glass and walking out the door. I mean, yeah, super quick. It's delicious, and I'm totally satisfied and full all morning. Mm-hmm. Um, if I have more time, you know, eggs are back on the menu. Um, those, Yay. you know, egg, Pasture egg, egg whites are good protein. <laughs> and the key is, though, that they're organic, cage-free chicken eggs. They're mm-hmm. not these eggs from a feedlot where they fed them pesticides and hormones and chemicals. Yes. So that's a big, important decision. So as long as they're clean eggs, yes, we're mm-hmm. back on the menu. So omelets or frittatas, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, um, poached eggs. Like I like making poached eggs with smoked salmon, you know, so I, you know, like eggs, hollandaise, I would probably, instead of having it on white muffin toast uh-huh. and a slice of ham, would, and usually that's, you know, like ham that has nitrosamines, a chemical, I'd rather, yeah. I would use like smoked salmon on spinach and then put poached mm. eggs on top and drizzle my hollandaise sauce on top of it. And it's fantastic. Or I might so make a veggie good. omelet or, you know, mm-hmm. berries and, you know, with, uh, Fresh berries with non with some um, organic yogurt. Those are like breast, breakfast options. I would really okay. think of. Okay, those are really good. I love to take um, a, like a poached egg and and put it on a uh, a roasted or even I put these in the toaster um, like slice of sweet potato. Nice. Yeah, there's and a so good you choice. do like the eggs benedict kind of thing there and they do like a roasted red pepper sauce on top of it it's just so yummy yeah and much better <laughs> than like putting it on toast or a english muffin or something like that exactly and lunch exactly. i try to be really efficient for lunch because i think most most people i know are really busy unless maybe it's the weekend yep. so mm-hmm. i tend to make a soup of the week and i've got a couple of soup of the week recipes whether it's black beans or nice. you know something where you take clean out your refrigerator and make it easy to just mm-hmm. throw stuff together in the weekend and make a soup for the week that I've got for lunches. That's kind of like I do that all the time. But probably my go-to yeah. standard, uh-huh. if I'm not doing that, is like a salad with some grilled protein. And I'll put on uh, olive oil, balsamic vinegar, vinaigrette, something like that, mm-hmm. um, with some extra veggies and seeds and nuts sprinkled on it. Um, yeah, you know, speaking of salad dressings, I think it's important for listeners to, to know that all the bottled salad dressings that I've ever read, and I don't know if you found any, um, they have some kind of an industrial seed oil in them, like a canola oil or soy oil or all of those kinds of oil. So making your own is really easy, and you can you can control the, the types of, um, yeah, of like oils going oil into it. Yeah, like extra virgin olive oil or... Even pistachio. I mean, I love nut oils in salads, and I like extra virgin olive oil and different, you know, vinegars, whether it's champagne vinegar or red wine vinegar and Mm. little fresh Mm -hmm. herbs thrown in. It goes a long way in really making it nice or just a little bit of garlic in it. I mean, yeah, some shallots. Yeah, some dice up (laughs) some shallots finally. So, yeah, either garlic or shallots and some fresh herbs. I mean, it's so nice in a dressing. It doesn't take much, and it really adds a lot of flavor. It makes yeah. you just food, you know, mouth water. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm ready to go eat now. <laughs> and dinner, I usually think of, you know, uh-huh. like some clean protein and a double portion of vegetables. And I'm usually going to skip that starch, like the potato or the pasta or the rice. And I'm going to focus on 
you know, it doesn't matter if it's vegetarian or seafood or a poultry dish or a, a grass-fed, you know, um, red meat. It's just got to be clean. And it's got to have the right, you know, cook with the right oils. And I like using lots of Italian herbs and curry spices, um, you know, so like roasted Cornish game or chicken. Um, I even, you know, chicken curries, I think, are nice. And so are shrimp curries, uh-huh. um, vegetarian dishes. I'm happy to use organic tofu or, you know, I've got an awesome um mushroom nut pate I just love for a vegetarian uh, dish. So, I yeah. mean, there's so many choices out there, but I think mm-hmm. the key is using herbs and spices in a way that makes your food taste fantastic and yeah. use and serving more vegetables with dinner in ways that they look colorful and beautiful and fragrant. And that's really the key, having a salad for a side dish, a bean or a soup for a side dish, and skipping that, you know, overly sugary starch dish that I think is the staple that many people use today that makes them insulin resistant. Yeah, yeah. I've known so many people that grew up on having to have a slice of bread and butter with dinner. And uh, what do you say about people that have those kinds of habits? Well, that's like the worst combo. So Mm -hmm. I'm not totally against saturated fat. I just try to think of it in moderation is fine. But when you combine it with sugar, it's Mm -hmm. much more inflammatory. So when you add, you know, white bread with butter or cheese and a cracker or a hamburger, which is, you know, um, burger with white bread, Uh all that's much worse than if you had one or the other. But when you combine them, it's like double, it it exponentially increases the inflammatory potential. So I'd rather Uh if someone's going to have cheese, they put it on a slice of pear or apple. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if you're going to have butter, as long as it's organic butter, I think of that as neutral. As long as you don't put it on bread, you know, if you were to put that over broccoli or asparagus, right. maybe a little grated lemon rind and some lemon juice and a little butter sauce, and you mm-hmm. put that over some vegetable like, um, as you know, broccoli, asparagus. I think that would be fine, and it mm-hmm. tastes mm-hmm. great. But when you mm-hmm. combine that sugar with that butter or cheese, then that's when it really becomes a problem. Awesome. Thanks for bringing that up because food, food combining is something that uh, most people I don't think know anything about. And when they start to learn these, how the body processes those two things together, um, then, you know, the lights go on. And, hey, you know, when you go to get a hamburger, you can order it with a salad. Yeah, um, why not? Why not have a, yeah. a salad and get a grass-fed burger, combine mm-hmm. that. You know, hopefully they put in a little onion or pepper or shallot mm-hmm. or something with your burger to give it a little texture and flavor. I think it'd even yeah. be better. Get a side of guacamole, and that's always good. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, so... Um, Okay, and so that's, dessert, those are... I really like things like especially oh, yeah. that are made with dark chocolate. Oh yeah, me too. Fruit. And raw, I use cacao a lot. Like I'll do frozen banana with a teaspoon of cacao and the Vitamix and a little almond milk. Nice. Oh my gosh, it's so good. It is. That, that adds sliced almonds. Yeah, like I have a chocolate sliced mousse recipe little, that would in uh, the book that's salt. similar to that, <laughs> or a fruit crumble where you oh, take some, okay. you know, like. Port wine and lemon oh. juice and a little lemon zest and cinnamon and you put it in with apples and berries and you bake it and it's like fantastic. Oh my you know, gosh, that's amazing. You sprinkle like sliced almonds over the top 
instead of like granola. It's really, you know, it's, it's, you know, like a pie, but fantastic. You know, oh, pear gosh, and chocolate so and nuts are a really nice combo. But no, I'd have to say my wife's chocolate mousse is one of my favorite desserts. <laughs> awesome. That, that sounds wonderful. Um, in the book. Good. Okay, great. So we've got desserts, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and dessert all covered. So that's great. So um, now we're going to shift gears and we're going to talk a little bit about exercise. Um, And what exercises do you think are beneficial for brain health? Well, your brain needs both some aerobic work and strength Mm -hmm. training. And they're independently good for you. So adding both together is even better. So, (laughs) I mean, the traditional mode for aerobic is to do like 30 minutes, five days a week. But I think some of the latest data has showed that if you add interval training to it, if you're fit enough to really boost it up, you can do 20 minutes three times a week and get as much aerobic benefit as you do from 30 minutes five days a week. But that's a lot less time. That's like one hour versus 150 minutes. I mean, that's a lot. So I think interval training makes us more efficient. But we really do want that combination of something aerobic and mm-hmm. some strength training to go with it. And I think doing, doing yoga like once a week is also a, you know, that, that includes strength training and you get some stretching out of it and it gives you stress reduction. So, mm-hmm. you know, that would be much for me like the perfect combo it would be some interval sessions during the week, uh-huh. uh, strength training a couple times a week, once yoga session and maybe one long walk or one long bike ride. That would be like my ideal week. Oh, okay. People have to figure out how much time do they have. The minimum is, Something yeah. like intense aerobic three days a week and some strength training once or twice a week. I'd say that's the bare minimum to okay. really benefit your brain. And then there's, you know, things that people could do around the house. I mean, you could dance. Yeah, you know, I mean, 20, you could for just 20 minutes. put on some music and house clean. It mm-hmm. just gets your heart rate up. <laughs> you yeah, know, exactly. I mean, I said that for my, my bare minimum is people mm-hmm. should get 10,000 steps a day. There's a big okay. benefit. You know, the average American, sadly, is only about 23, 2,500 steps a day, really low. Mm. So, you know, you know, building it up so you're getting 10,000 steps, it's not that hard to do. Um, that has a big benefit there. But I like your idea of putting on music and dancing or house cleaning to music and just get your booty going or, you yeah. know, go outside and gardening or something like anything that you do that gets you moving is going to have a benefit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, too, because I've known a number of people along the way that don't like going to the gym. They don't necessarily enjoy those things, but they do enjoy dancing or swimming or hiking um, or, you know, just being outside in nature or or walking on the beach, which is really good for you. Or hike or anything. Yeah, all of those have a benefit. Yeah. So it's just really moving, staying active to some degree, taking the stairs (laughs) instead of the elevator. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Another good way to go with that. So, okay, so we've got, we've talked about exercise. Now, one of the things you talk about in your book that I love, I talk about in my community a lot, is meditation as something that we should do to reduce stress. And it's a key part of your program. Um, What recommendations do you have for people to get started with meditation? So, I mean, I was a little surprised by the data that showed that even 10 minutes a day had a substantial benefit. If people will meditate Mm -hmm. for just 10 minutes, they increase oxytocin, they lower their cortisol levels, and they can lower blood pressure, and it really makes a substantial difference. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of these meditation programs, at least that I've heard, are like 30 minutes twice a day, and people just say, I don't have the time. Or they try it and they can't make it for 30 minutes, they get frustrated and they quit. But the idea that you could start at two minutes a day 
and <laughs> gradually build up to 10 minutes as your goal and get a lot of benefit. I think that's news to people that that works. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really simple too. I think one of the things I tell people to do is just sit in your desk at work, close your eyes for just a moment and just start noticing the in-breath and the out-breath, the in-breath and the out-breath. That's it. Just do that for like a yeah. minute. And that brings you into focusing on what's going on inside of you. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'll even have people add a color yeah. to it. Like oh, okay. a green, pretend you're breathing in green fog and then you blow it out. And you can actually, you can feel it come up through your toes into your chest when you breathe in, or you can breathe it in through your mouth into your chest and then breathe it out, which whatever gets them focused. I think the whole point, as you said, is you just want them to focus on breathing. Yeah, yeah. So it it's, doesn't it's, matter if they yeah. have some thoughts or their to-do list comes up. What just matters is you let it go and you don't have to complete the to-do list that moment. Yeah, you're going to yes. come back to it later. That's, I think, the key is just you're focused on a relaxed state. Uh, I think being grateful and thankful uh, yeah. at the same time is really good. Yeah, it's extremely helpful. I mean, just that that um, feeling of gratitude that um, that that happiness you feel when you know you're grateful for your children or yes. your your dog yeah, or that's your it. We're grateful for the or... things in our life and we're focusing on our breathing in a relaxed state and that's all it takes yeah. to really get a big benefit. And 10 minutes is actually enough time, um, which surprised me, but I, I'm really thrilled that that's all it takes. Okay, great. And now for you personally, how has the Better Brain Solution helped you? I When I follow this, I'm clearly more productive I get more done. I get more done than I ever thought possible. And people are kind of amazed. How do I get so many projects done? See patients, yeah. see homes. See it's because I follow this. So That's awesome. That's it makes really... a big difference in my life in terms of being a dad, father, um, physician, seeing patients in clinic, writing books, speaking, um, trying to write blogs every week. I mean, trying to do everything I do. I've, I'm much more productive, no doubt about it. I feel better. I wake up feeling fantastic every day. And most mm -hmm. of my patients following this feel fantastic. So my goal is mm -hmm. I'd like everyone to wake up feeling fantastic, have that feeling all day long, get more done than they have in years, and mm -hmm. be able to make that a reality for them every day. Perfect. That's wonderful. And and I can concur with that because I eat the same way that you do. And I feel great every day. And I've had chronic illnesses like IBS and fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue. And I'm symptom-free because of eating like this and meditating and exercising and doing all the things you suggest in your book. So thank you so much for putting this out into the world to help people get well. Well, that, that's the opportunity. Yeah. So, I mean, as a jumpstart, so for a jumpstart, I offer people like mm -hmm. a quiz. Take my quiz. It only takes a minute. Ah, yeah. Get an idea of how you're doing. How's your brain functioning? And if they do that as a thank you, I give them my Better Brain Shopping Guide, a detailed oh, list of the 12 foods they should eat each day, the 12 toxic foods to avoid. So a really practical little um, PDF guide that makes a big difference as the thank you for taking the quiz and figuring out how they're doing. That's wonderful. And that quiz is available on your website. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so com. Anybody okay. can take it. It's free. The Better Brain Solution um, shopping guide is free. It's just a way of getting people started to immediately feeling better, having a better brain and preventing, you know, cognitive decline. 
Fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate your wisdom and knowledge and thank you. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's really, I really greatly appreciate the opportunity to help make a difference. You're so welcome. Um, and for everyone listening, please go to drmasley.com. It's D-R-M-A-S-L-E-Y.com to get uh, this quiz. Um and uh, to, to see how your brain is functioning and to get his free shopping list and just to find out more information too about his new book as well, The Better Brain Solution. Um, and again, please uh, share this, this show with as many people as you think may benefit and um, with the statistics that we have on brain health and the decline of brain health, particularly in the United States, uh, that Dr. Masley has in his book. Um, I think that's a lot, a lot, a lot of people. So um, again, thank you for listening. And I hope that this information will help you get well soon. For more information, go to meghayworth.com to sign up for our email list, get your free copy of five anti-inflammatory on-the-go lunch recipes, and access to our private Facebook community. Thank you so much for listening.